the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I hope you had a great weekend. There were so many places uh, to start here. I wasn't sure where I wanted to. Let me start here. The Ayatollah of Iran, Ali Khamenei, has a Twitter account. Nearly one million followers. The former president of the United States, Donald Trump, does not. He was removed for posting misinformation, misinformation or disinformation that was deemed dangerous because, as you know, words now constitute violence in America. Violence doesn't constitute violence. It's always mostly peaceful if done for the sanctified reasons, right? But words from the non-sanctified reasons do constitute violence. In a better time, we called this a heckler's veto. It's a phrase I know Bill has gotten to understand, something courts do not approve of. We've talked a lot about it in our First Amendment uh, discussions here. Uh, the heckler's veto is prior restraint or the censoring of speech that does not directly call for an incitement to violence, but is based on the, say, instability of someone in the audience who may become violent because they may be triggered. This is uh, how you keep conservative speakers off campus. They say, well, it's that conservative speaker, Heather or whoever, is uh, going to cause violence by her appearance. These unviolent people, how is she going to cause violence? Well, someone unstable in the audience might say something. And then you just sanitize the entire campus from conservative speech. In any event, the Ayatollah has a Twitter account and Donald Trump does not. Iran is going through the throes of an uprising right now. What many of us is hoping is a possible organic revolution that would remove the terror masters from their 40-plus years of rule. Before the protests, before the uprising, I was just looking, this is what Amnesty International had to say about the leadership in Iran. So this is from their 2021 end-of-year report. This is just from a few, well, more than a few, 10 months ago. Quote, thousands of people were interrogated, unfairly prosecuted and or arbitrarily detained solely for peacefully exercising their human rights and hundreds remained unjustly imprisoned. Security forces unlawfully used lethal force and birdshot to crush protests. Women, LGBTI people and ethnic and religious minorities faced entrenched discrimination and violence. Legislative developments further undermine sexual and reproductive rights, the right to freedom of religion and belief and access to the Internet, torture and other ill treatment, including denying prisoners adequate medical care, remained widespread and systemic. Authorities failed to ensure timely and equitable access to COVID-19 vaccines, judicial punishment of flogging, amputation and blinding are routine. The death penalty was used widely, including as a weapon of repression. Executions were carried out after unfair trials. 
systemic impunity prevailed for past and ongoing crimes against humanity related to prison massacres in 1988 and other crimes under international law. Close quote. That's Amnesty International. That's before these riots. It's before the fire hoses and the beatings and the shootings of those uprising now. The leader of that regime, to repeat, has a Twitter account. Donald Trump does not. Today, this morning, Ali Khamenei, Ayatollah, tweeted the following, quote, I openly state that the recent riots and unrest in Iran were schemes designed by the United States, the usurping fake Zionist regime, their mercenaries and some treasonous Iranians abroad who helped them, close quote. This evidently does not qualify or disqualify as miss or disinformation for the masters at Twitter and certainly not dangerous or violence-laden miss or disinformation, don't you know? Today, this afternoon, the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei tweeted again. He tweeted this, quote, Many riots take place around the world, especially in France. Massive riots occur every now and then. But has the U.S. president ever supported European rioters? issued a declaration or said, we stand with you. Is there any record of the U.S. media supporting them, close quote? If anyone wanted an honest answer, it would be an easy yes. So we get more misinformation or disinformation from the Ayatollah Khamenei, whatever you want to call it, misinformation or disinformation, that either shows his own insulated and insular lack of knowledge about the rest of the world, which constitutes its own dangers, or these are direct lies from the Ayatollah. I wrote on Twitter in response, we can do this hundreds of times if you want, from JFK to Ronald Reagan. But yes, American presidents have stood with protesters or rioters in Europe for a long time. 1983, Ronald Reagan, let no one mistake our fortitude. Time may pass, but the American people will never, never forget the brave people of Poland and their courageous struggle. Or a few days late, excuse me, a few years later, when speaking in the Soviet Union, Ronald Reagan told a gathering of dissidents, quote, I came here to give you strength, but it is you who have strengthened me. While we press for human lives throughout diplomatic channels, you press with your very lives, day in and day out, year after year, risking your homes, your jobs, and your all. And we stand with you, Reagan said. The L.A. Times on that quote reports that the Soviet authorities denounced what Reagan said. But yeah, I think Poland and Moscow are considered Europe. And I have said nothing about Reagan's even more famous speech at the Brandenburg Gate, also in Europe, or John, Ken John Kennedy at one of his most famous speeches, also in Berlin, West Berlin. John Kennedy, freedom has many difficulties and democracy is not perfect. But we have never had to put a wall up to keep our people in, to prevent them from leaving us. I want to say on behalf of my countrymen who live many miles away on the other side of the Atlantic, who are far distant from you, that they take the greatest pride that they have been able to share with you even from a distance, the story of the last 18 years. I know of no town, no city that has been besieged for 18 years that still lives with the vitality and the force and the hope and the determination of the city of West Berlin. While the wall is the most obvious and vivid demonstration of the failures of the communist system for all the world to say, we take no satisfaction in it. For it is, as your mayor has said, an offense not only against history, 
but an offense against humanity, separate families, dividing husbands and wives and brothers and sisters, and dividing a people who wish to be joined together. By the way, Berlin then was also in Europe. We can really do this for hours. The point, again, either Ali Khamenei is divorced from the world around him and history, which would be a terribly dangerous thing for a terror master to be, but also very true of terrorist minds, very ignorant of the worlds around them. You just don't expect it from the leader of a major country or the leader of any country. So it's either that he's woefully and dangerously ignorant or he is deliberately lying, spreading false and truly dangerous misinformation. But because Twitter is an American company, I say sarcastically, it won't ban Ali Khamenei, only Donald Trump. And for what it's worth, and this is the most dramatic irony of all, for what it's worth, while Twitter won't ban Ayatollah Khamenei, Twitter is banned in Iran. And not because Twitter wanted that, but because Ali Khamenei wants and orders this. It boggles the mind. When John Hinderocker says there are no more American companies, he doesn't mean physically, he doesn't mean geographically. He means mentally and intellectually and philosophically. How did Lenin put it? I don't know if we're quoting Vladimir Lenin or John Lennon more necessarily these days, but John Lennon. Strange days indeed, but also disorienting days. Disorienting because the priorities are upside down. The value points are upside down. The indexes are upside down. Up is down and down is up. That's a disorientation. They are strange days. They are wrong days. They are, in fact, very, very dangerous days. And by the day, the leader of the free world seems more and more confused, more and more inept, more and more disoriented himself. That makes strange a whole new level. Yes, disorientingly strange. Yes, wrong. But yes, combinatory and dangerous as well. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my good friends at Y-Refi. Are you worried about stock market volatility, especially with Joe Biden in office? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market? If you're looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity, please check Y-Refi out. They are offering a great investment all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with a up to 10.25% return for investors. And your investment can be in a trust, an IRA, or it can be an individual or even joint investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys. I know them well, and they do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 
888-900-3387. You won't get a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. I want to return to um, Joe Biden and the disorientation in a moment. But as long as this is on my mind, this is just uh, this is this is just incredible. You've heard me talk uh, on behalf of uh, Rachel Mitchell's candidacy for the county attorney position here. She is the current county attorney. She's running for election this November. And uh, it, a lot of people don't have that race top of mind. County attorney is not something we think about as much as we think about the Senate race, perhaps maybe one of your congressional races or obviously the the big kahuna, the governor's race. But the county attorney's race is an equally big kahuna. And in many respects, maybe even more so in the respect that it is the equivalent of a district attorney. We call them county attorneys here. You've heard of the DA problems in Chicago. You've heard of district attorney problems in Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, obviously, and the various recalls. It's the district attorney, or in our case, the county attorney, that is the tip of the sword and on the front lines of all these issues having to do with criminal justice that, and, and, and rising crime that we're talking about and that we are maddened about when we're talking about bail reform or ending cash bail, when we're talking about prosecuting certain kinds of crimes over certain kinds of others, when we're talking about not prosecuting certain crime, kinds of crimes, when we're talking about an emphasis based on uh, someone's uh, race and prosecution of crimes or non-prosecution of crimes. We're talking about this race, the county attorney's race, district attorney in other states, county attorney here in Maricopa County. This is the race that keeps us from when people say, don't California my Arizona, it's this race that matters. Rachel Mitchell for countyattorney.com is the website to help her out. Why am I going off on this? This story is just incredible to me, just out from Breitbart. Quote, a Soros-backed candidate for Maricopa County District Attorney, that would be the Democrat running against Rachel Mitchell, says in an interview that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis should be criminally prosecuted for sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard. That's what the Democrat running for this race is doing. Julie Gunnigal, a Soros-backed candidate, George Soros-backed candidate for Arizona's Maricopa County District Attorney in a recent interview saying that DeSantis should be criminally prosecuted for sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard, a friend of mine shared that story with me and said that may be the only crime Julie Gunnigal would be interested in prosecuting if she had the power of prosecution. I laugh a little, but it's sad and uh, it's untrue, obviously. But listen to um, it's uh, it's it's untrue that Ron DeSantis has any 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 criminal uh, liability here. And it's stupid that this is the kind of talk that we are looking to or hearing from would be or want to be prosecutors whose job is to keep Phoenix safe, whose job is to keep residents of Maricopa County safe. This is the politicalization of that office before this person is hopefully never will be even in office. This is what you will expect from Julie Gunnigal. She's spouting off on Ron DeSantis. Um, I think Ron DeSantis and everything he's doing, best as I can tell, is the answer and the solution, not the problem and certainly nothing desirous or uh, needing of any kind of prosecution from the county attorney in Maricopa County. <laughs> That's why I am such a Rachel Mitchell fan. She is good in and of herself. Her opponent is a bad in and of herself. Please don't let this race um, go uh, to the wayside. Please don't let this race be considered a down ballot race or a race you don't care about. It's as important as any other. And as I say, in many respects, perhaps more important than many others. This is the one. 
that keeps Phoenix and Maricopa County safe or the one that gets Phoenix and Maricopa County to be known ignominiously along the same reasons that we now know Chicago and D.C. and Philadelphia and Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York City. You like seeing those um, those things on Fox News that none of the other networks play about criminals that are just in a turnstile, an axe in McDonald's one day, a feverish uh, riot uh, in another restaurant or store, smash and grab the next. You like seeing those things? We can have them here or we cannot have them here. That's the choice. You can have them here, Julie Gunnigal, or you cannot have them here, Rachel Mitchell. It's really that simple. Okay, um, I just I couldn't resist doing that story. It was just uh, sent my way. I do want to talk about the uncomfortable topic of Joe Biden and uh, his bringing of shame to the United States through cognitive deficit. I know it's not comfortable. It's unavoidable, though. And I'm going to quote from Miranda Devine here in the New York Post. Joe Biden's cognitive deficits are increasingly apparent even to the most amateur observer. Whether he has dementia at this point is immaterial. Half the world thinks he does, and that weakens the United States and imperils us all. Before I read further, just think about the fact that we have one madman across the water, if I can borrow from Elton John, who's threatening to use nuclear weapons as we speak, and we have one man in the United States presidency who doesn't know who to shake hands with because he doesn't know if there's a person there to shake hands with or not. Doesn't know who's alive in his audience and who isn't alive. Doesn't know who he's married to and who he isn't married to. Doesn't know whether he grew up with a Puerto Rican population or not. Did you see that one today? Oh, my gosh. We'll get to that in a moment. In any event, Miranda says whether he's falling up the stairs of Air Force One or falling down off a stationary bike. Whether he's wandering around on a stage in a fog or clutching sheets designed for a four-year-old. Whether he is shouting incoherently or whispering creepily, it is all shocking. With his 80th birthday approaching next month, even if most Americans are too polite or willfully unobservant to say so, it's clear that Joe Biden is not up to the world's most difficult job. He projects weakness and folly at a time of international turmoil. Disrespect for the president echoes around the world, among allies and enemies alike. Even when he went to London last month for the Queen's funeral, people were filmed yelling, let's go, Brandon, at his passing limousine. He and First Lady Jill Biden arrived late to Westminster Abbey, and after they were ushered to the cheap seats 14 rows back, he was mocked for playing with his tongue during the service. Uh, There's a lot more here, and a lot more we'll have to talk about. It's not pleasant. It's not happy. But perhaps with a better man in the White House or a more able man in the White House, we wouldn't have to talk about this. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 34 past the hour brings us John Dombrowski with the Culture and Economy Update. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is that website. He also is the host of his own radio show, Heard Here, 
960 AM, The Patriot, every Saturday morning at 7 AM, The Word on Wealth. John, how are you? I hope you had a great weekend. I did. How about yourself, Seth? I am. I, I am fine. I am. I did. I had a good weekend. Uh, I started running again. I took a little time oh. off running uh, and start got back into it. So. Nice. You know, the Ford, you ever heard of Ford Bronco, right? Uh, yes, sir. So, I mean, a pretty popular vehicle. Oh, yeah. And the new Ford Broncos are pretty nice. They're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, um, you know, uh, everyone's excited about them. And, yeah. And in this on this day, yes, a couple of years back, yes, <laughs> there was a there was a Ford Bronco that uh, O.J. Simpson. This oh, was the acquitted was trial today. today. Yes. Ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. 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 He was acquitted on this day. Boy, you know, I was in law school when that was going on, mm-hmm. and boy, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, a lot came out of that. Nothing was ever the About five things in our lifetime, we could say nothing was ever the same after that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. We could we maybe do a list. That might be fun. You each come up with a list of five things. <laughs> there you go. We'll that do changed. it someday. Yep. Speaking of cars, though, yes. there's a story. Speaking of cars, Americans love their cars. I've yes. always felt that, you know, there's something uniquely American about car. Yes, it was our arsenal of democracy and all that, but mm-hmm. we have a thing with cars. And now there's this interest. As more cars hit dealership lots, because we right. had a supply chain issue for a while. Speaking of Ford. Yeah. Buy, speaking of Ford, buyers yeah. feel pinch of rising interest rates. Yes. And the uh, auto dealers are concerned that, uh, okay, we now have the inventory you've been asking for, right. but you don't have the money. But you don't want to buy the cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's still relatively uh, low. Okay. The rates are still relatively low. But, yes, every little bit you know makes a difference, especially on a car payment, because, you know, uh, 3 4% to 5 or 6% for housing, it's over a 30-year period of time, right? It's amortized over a period of time, uh, which is a lot longer than a car. Those car uh, uh, loans are usually between 3, 4, maybe 5, five years that yeah. we do a car loan. Yeah. And so a, a point or 2% of interest over a five-year period of time really does make a difference oh, on, yeah. on a car payment. So oh, yeah. it's going to affect you know the, the uh, credit for some people to be able to afford buying a car. But dealers are also being creative, and they're buying down some of those interest rates and creating a lot of the uh, manufacturers are offering incentives uh, rather than maybe that $1,000 off at the off, off sticker. Maybe they yeah. give you a better interest rate. Yeah. So there's going to be creative ways for them. You know, once they have too many cars on the lot, Seth, that's good, right, for buyers. I now we can so. negotiate. Yeah. yeah, then we are in the negotiating. But you're right. There's, there's cars now all of a sudden trickling in, in it says here, to the dealerships. But uh, people are starting to uh, maybe cool down on their purchasing. Now, maybe the U.N. can help because <laughs> what I'm <laughs> – I'm sure. Maybe the United – you didn't see that one coming. No. The United Nations is calling on the Fed and other s- central banks to yeah. halt interest rate increases. Yes. Because they're worried about what everyone would normally be worried about with this rising uh, ser- series of rising interest rates uh, to curb inflation. Yeah. The other side of it is – Global recession. That's what the U.N. is talking about. Well, I would say this is we have heard that uh, there might be some – I don't want to call it dissent or maybe just a difference of opinion now between Reticence, some of the Fed, some yeah. of the Fed yeah. presidents, right? Yeah. And that maybe they've, they've you know, gone a little bit too far too quickly. And that's possible. Uh, but we're going to find out because the Fed's going to have another meeting here coming up. I think it's in um, – in October or right, November, right. and where they're going to they're going to give us their assessment as to what's happening. But boy, it would be interesting to see what the numbers are for um, for September to see if uh, inflation has pulled back a bit, and if so, uh, that may just uh, depending on how much uh, make a difference as to what the uh, Fed will do when it comes to their next 
potential rate hike. Right on. Uh, yeah. What else are we looking at this week? It's going to be a big jobs and labor reporting data week. Tuesday, the Labor yep. Department releases data on job openings, quits, and hires. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing Friday we'll get reports from the Department of Labor on the market, uh, the labor market, including uh, uh, data from, from last month. So right. I, I guess we're going to get a good picture of the last couple of months this week. Yeah, and we have seen a number of the large corporations that are uh, announcing uh, you know cuts from their employees, uh, and so we may start to see the employment numbers uh, be moving in a direction that the Fed feels it needs to be, yeah. which is going to be uh, creating some more, uh, you know, easing on hiring and uh, giving some higher unemployment numbers. And if that's the case, once again, that's going to be uh, some type of data that the Fed will be using to see if their policies have been uh, doing what they want to f- curb the inflation. We'll see how powerful the presidency is going into an election here mm-hmm. and how much they can juice the economy to make it look better. If they can, thank God. And if they can make it sustainable, even better. Yeah. I have my doubts, but we'll yeah. keep our eyes on it. Right, John? You bet, Seth. Thank, thank you so much. You Securities bet. and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, member of Finran Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Plenty Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Beautifully done, John. Thank we'll talk you. to you tomorrow, sir. You bet. Be good. I'm Seth Lee. Leaves in 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. Portions of the show are brought to you by Balance of Nature. One daily dose of their fruits and veggies is a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, 100 percent natural. We're talking tomatoes, papayas, bananas, apples, grapes, strawberries, aloe vera, and more. On the fruit side, on the veggie side, we're talking everything from broccoli and spinach to cauliflower and zucchini, kale, my gosh, wheatgrass. As I say, that's just a portion of it. You get it all in one daily dose at Balance of Nature's, with Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies. I take it every single day. It's the best product I've ever taken. Balanceofnature.com. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Well, the news is going to recede a little bit with regard to Hurricane Ian. Uh, It'll recede uh, by the day for a few days, and I'm going to gather... Unless the media can gin up some kind of attempted scandal, though they have the wrong uh, they have the wrong target. If they think it's going to be Ron DeSantis, he's punching back as hard as they're punching him. You saw him take down that CNN reporter verbally, take down that CNN reporter who tried to get him uh, messed up on Lee County. But um, <clears throat> it's going to recede, and yet again, proof positive that we do. Uh, news as well as public policy here by frenzy. That's what we do. We do frenzy and we do crisis industrial complex. You may recall that uh, early on we were worried about uh, large numbers of deaths from something like this. And, of course, uh, that is always the worst of it and always, always, always a cause for concern. But you may recall, too, I said I was having I always have trouble talking about natural disasters that aren't, you know, right here in front of us, because I don't know other than offering uh, thoughts and prayers and any charitable contributions that we can. I, I don't know what the news is that we can talk about. I don't know what the analysis gets us. I, I just don't know what to say. It's not something you can prevent. Uh, they are called forces majeure for a reason, forces of nature, acts of God. Um, that's not something um, in our humility we can do much about, is it? Which is why 
I kind of dislike the emphasis on these things over and against man-made disasters. There are natural disasters and there are man-made disasters. So when Hurricane Ian made landfall in Florida last week, Joe Biden said this, quote, this could be the deadliest hurricane in Florida's history. The numbers are still unclear, but what we're hearing, early reports of what could be substantial loss of life, he said. The numbers are still unclear, but what we're hearing, early reports of, could be substantial loss of life. Deadliest in Florida's history. None of this could really be remotely possible. As our friends at Issues and Insights point out, the deadliest record was in 1928 with the San Felipe Okeechobee hurricane in Palm Beach and some 2,500 people died. There were also hurricanes long before that that are believed to killed more than thousands of people in Florida. Uh, the Labor Day hurricane that hit the Florida Keys in 1935 killed more than 400 people. And all of that, obviously, when Florida's population was, uh, you know, a fraction of what it is today. Reports are that deaths at this point are just over 100, all sad, all sorry, all terrible. Of course, what's the public policy? Well, I don't know. We may be able to look and see certain municipal guidances where evacuations may or may not have gotten better. My suspicion is it won't come down to there being uh, governmental problems. It looked like the government was doing everything the government can best do with all the warnings ahead of time and that you have evacuation resistance and you have other problems unforeseen in a natural disaster. What bothers me about this, sorry for the long-windedness, is all the attention, particularly Joe Biden's, on an act of God versus an act of man with much greater loss of life. If loss of life, if death is the indicator that bothers you most or the index that bother indice that bothers you most or the thing that you want to warn against the most and of course there is good reason for saying that then how about the man-made disasters in florida alone in florida alone last year 60 times 60 times the number of people who have died in hurricane ian died from a fentanyl poisoning 60 times that's not an act of god that's an act of public policy, misfeasance, malfeasance, and nonfeasance. Here in Arizona, 20 times the number of people who have died in Florida died of a fentanyl over, uh, I'm not saying overdose, poisoning. I don't use, I, catch me if I do this, Bill. It's not an overdose. It's a poisoning. An overdose is something that you mistakenly uh, use that you were rightly given. Fentanyl is never in that category any more than cocaine or most other drugs, uh, dr drug deaths. They're poisonings. They're not overdoses. And I think we it's about time we get the language right so we can focus the name right. In any event, the focus on death in Florida. Any death diminishes me, John Dunn said, because I consider myself a part of mankind. And I get that, and that's true. But there's a difference between man-caused disasters and natural or God-created um, God, God disasters, acts of God. Big difference. You can solve one. You can't do too much about the other. Yeah, you can build, build bigger walls. Funny enough, some of the answers, <laughs> some of the answers to saving deaths from natural disasters are some of the answers that we are refused and not allowed to avail ourselves of when it comes when it comes to stopping man-made or man-caused disasters. Bigger barriers, for example. 
bigger storm barriers. Well, there's a storm, and it's not natural. Even though Kamala Harris said the root causes of our illegal immigration crisis, not her words, illegal immigration, mine, her, her words, migrant crisis or migrant problem, her root causes include the ecosystem in Central and South America. They include the climate crisis that she speaks of. To them, the climate is the crisis. To us, I think life is the crisis. I think living crime-free is the crisis. I think being able to do what every sane country wants to do is the crisis. There will be more said today, as there is every day by the Biden administration, about borders and border security and the importance of it. Just not ours. Just not ours. It'll have to do with Ukraine's, not America's. The focus will be Ukraine's, not America's. The money going to protect a country's borders will be to go into protecting Ukraine's, not America's. That, too, is public policy disorientation. Wrong prioritization of the problem. Wrong prioritization of where the help needs to go. Wrong prioritization of what should concentrate our mind. If there were a smidgen, a smidgen of national attention on the fentanyl crisis in this country, as there was in just a week of Hurricane Ian, we'd be well on our way to actually getting our our arms and heads and hands around this problem. But we're not because we're fixated on the less important. We're fixated on the less critical. We're fixated on what C.S. Lewis rationally said when there's a flood looking for the fire hoses. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For as um, terribly as the economy is doing, um, the piece of good news in it uh, is that gold and other precious metals, when stock markets fail and fall, gold and other precious metals tend to maintain their value. Gold has been used for money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you want it. You probably already want it. All you really need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins, which is why I love the Midas Gold Group. It's the only precious metal dealer Seb Gorka and I use. Thousands of you already know the Midas Gold Group. The veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned and proud supporters of our agenda and helping us communicate right here. If you're interested in adding gold or other precious metals to your portfolio, give the good people at Midas Gold Group a call at 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000, or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com. In the um, in the chapter of here, too, the Honorable should find its due let me remark on the passing of someone whose uh, death won't make much more news than perhaps this show uh, and the Wall Street Journal editorial page today. That's the passing of one Lawrence Silberman. He was one of the most well-known federal judges in the country, uh, certainly in Washington, D.C., often in conservative circles. The um, He died today at the age of uh, 86, just a little shy of his 87th birthday. Anyone in conservative legal circles knew of Judge Lawrence Silberman. 
the Wall Street Journal editorializes that the most famous judges in American history are those who make it to the Supreme Court, but that doesn't mean they are the most consequential. One of the latter is Judge Lawrence Silberman, who passed away yesterday, as I say, a few short days, uh, a few days short of his 87th birthday. He had one of the great careers in the law and public service. He was a Ronald Reagan appointee, spent 36 years on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, even taking senior status in cases up to the time of his most recent illness. There are a few judges in history that are well known that don't end up making it to the Supreme Court. He may enter that category. Uh, Time will tell. You often hear me speak of uh, learned hand. He was one of those judges uh, who didn't make the Supreme Court, but is quoted almost as if he did. Anyway, for those of you in the audience, I bet there are a few who clerked for him or knew of him or knew him or argued before him or dealt with him. Our condolences. Uh, We lost a good one today. And as I say here, too, the Honorable finds its due. Brandon Weikert coming right up. Don't go away. We shall be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 